time to get you set up for all the weekend's betting action across the sports world. It's BetQL Weekend, only on the BetQL Network. Uh, here we go, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Mike Matansky, W-E-E-I, Jack Fritz, W-I-P in Philly, Mutt and Fritz. Happy weekend, Jack. What's going on, buddy? Mutt, good to be here, pal. Uh, the Sixers added the the perfect compliment to James Harden and Tyrese Maxey last night and, De- and DeAnthony Melton. I can't wait. He, uh, he saved many of my same game Barley fails in last really? NBA season, so... Uh, I feel like one of my one of my good close friends, the Anthony Melton, is now a 76er. I'm doing great, and June Schwarber is the best hitter in baseball. So um, it's been it's been a good little stretch here, but I'm starting to feel like a Boston fan. Well, you and I are locked in on the baseball. You with the Phillies, me and the Red Sox. We have a lot of baseball to talk about later on in the show, including the debut of the Fritz List, where Jack will tell us what we need to know about betting baseball. And I got some Red Sox news and notes for you. As well, we should start with Thursday night's NBA draft, the the betting side of it, Jack. We have an expert's going to join us here uh, in a minute to talk about the player side of it. But as far as the betting went, Woj buried everybody. Like this is the big stop topic heading into the weekend. Woj tweeting out during the day on Friday, it's going to be Smith, it's going to be Holmgren, it's going to be uh, Paolo one two three. Sports books rip the odds down. They repost it, and when they do. The day after all the money came in on Paolo, they repost him at three and a half, four to one. He goes number one. Woj gets run on social media. Shams the new god of the NBA. Did you get caught up in betting the NBA draft last night? Did you get buried by Woj's uh, fake news tweet uh, in the middle of the day on Thursday? No, because no one knew who was going number one. And the fact that Woj did that was annoying. And the whole, there's so many things that bother me, right? There's so many things that bother me. Sure. Like, Woj is a net, but before the whole first three tweets, whatever that caused the betting markets. By the way, how we talked about the NFL draft mutt came true last night with the NBA draft too, with the with the odds by the end, where it's like, oh, Paolo is going first, even though there's this big intrigue. Betting markets always know, which is what we try to tell people about the NFL draft. So that was sure. good to see. But it was so annoying that you see, like Woj would tweet out a trade. And then Adam Silver's up there looking like an idiot as 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 he's announcing a pick. The guy has to go from wear a hat on a team he's not even going to be on. And meanwhile, the trade's been done for like a half hour. It's just can we can we come up with a better system? I mean, it's it's not interesting TV. It's not like captivating. It just looks it looks so stupid. It's a bad TV product. It's worse than the NFL draft because the they the the picks and like the, you have to announce the trades like hours before the draft. Like you acknowledge them so. It, it was very poorly done. That they're going to have to revamp it because the the pushback they've gotten. You're right. You had if you wanted to enjoy it, you had to turn off your social media and just watch the draft like it was 1984, and just hope that at some point they would explain the trades. Like at one point, the Pistons and Knicks they made this multi-team trade, and it was an hour later, and you didn't know what the trade was. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like Adrian Wojnarowski knows everything. Like I'm, I think I think he knows everything that's ever happened, and he had no idea what the what the, the trade protections were. It's like it's 2022. We don't need to do this anymore. It's like I like it's not. Are players like surprised? I, I what is what is the reason to not do this? I don't get it. It was insane. It was insane. It happens every year. Why don't they change it? Like. Why are they wearing hats that, that aren't even, they're not going to be there? It's so stupid. Who thought this was a good idea? 
It was. Again, the 90s, it was great before Woj and Shams were fighting yeah. online. And then Wo- Woj does this thing where he can't tip the picks officially because ESPN's a partner, but Shams can, so he's got to use these dumb words. It's like Because he doesn't want to get left behind. It's the, it, And Sh- I mean, the betting part of it, again, so when he tweets out Smith is going basically one, uh, and the books took the thing down, you, could, you couldn't get a bet in for hours on Thursday. You couldn't bet the number one pick, and he was dead wrong. He was dead wrong. He's not the Schefter. He's he's second tier. Get him off the thing. He's not. That's, a, wow. that's a, it's unfair to Schefter. It's unfair. Shams for life. Woj is out. That's my take from the betting part of it. I did you? I didn't bet anything in the NBA draft. Did you bet anything on Thursday? No, I, I got a deposit again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting to. I'm waiting for the right. I had to wait for paycheck day. It's paycheck day today. I'm back. I'm back. I don't want people to think I'm a fraud. I'm back. Uh, but I had to wait the deposit, so I did not bet on the uh, on, on the draft last night. Although I will say, uh, I would like the lead of this show now to be that uh, <laughs> Adrian Wojnarowski is off of Mutt's Mount Rushmore of, oh, of newsbreakers. Insiders, wow. no, way off, way off. I, wish we, no. I wish we had a phone number to throw out to people if they want to react and get in. <laughs> uh, you can always uh, tweet the BeckQL Twitter account. Let them know you're angry. Then we yep. took Woj off the Mount Rushmore. He's out. So what do you go? What do you go? You go Passin, Schefter, Shams. Is there any anyone else working into your top top four there? Uh, I think those three. Is there is there a good like college uh, insider? Like I'm trying to think of a college or a hockey insider. Yeah, well, there's somewhere like a a betting insider, but he's Woj is off. Woj is off. Yeah, well, uh, Woj is washed, as the kids say. Woj, Woj. It's it's a, it's a Shams world, and now Woj has to sort of chase his tail and follow him around, which he probably was uh, – uh, trust me, he's hearing it from his bosses here today and the sports books who got buried because they believed yes. that Woj had the order one, two, three. Yep. Meanwhile, I don't pretend to be an NBA draft expert. I think you do. Like, I, I know you try to pretend you're an expert at everything down there at WIP. So we have our own expert on the NBA draft, our producer Zach joining us here. Uh, Zach, we want biggest winner – Biggest loser from the NBA draft last night. Aren't the Pistons the biggest winner? Even I know that, right? Yeah, what's going on, guys? I think there are plenty of teams you could label as a possible winner. The Pistons are definitely up there. Jaden Ivey going number five overall after Sacramento passes on him at number four. And he just refused to work out for the Kings. He said, I'm not going to Sacramento. I'm not trying to go there. So he goes to Detroit at at five. I also really like Jalen Duran from Memphis, who they get. But the other two big winners for me are two teams in the state of Texas. The Rockets had probably the easiest pick of the draft, getting uh, Jabari Smith. They also add Tari Eason from LSU, stretch four athletic that I really like. And uh, Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky, who got injured during the season, a top 10 player out of high school. And I do think if he's healthy, there is a good world. He, a good chance he would have went uh, top 15. Uh, and also the Spurs. I really like Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Same high school as LeBron uh, from the state of Ohio. Uh, really young and his jump shot just kept on getting better and better and better as the season went on. I think the Spurs needed some bodies as well. A big man. They take uh, Jeremy Sohan from Baylor, really like him. Blake Wesley from Notre Dame rounding out their third first round pick. So yeah, the two Texas teams along with Detroit, the Spurs and Rockets uh, were my two main winners. Who are the losers besides me and Jack? (laughs) This is really tough, but honestly, the first team that comes to mind is the Knicks and they just came away with nothing. Literally nothing. They <laughs> traded their first round pick along with Kemba Walker to clear from to clear some salary. It's looking like they want to go after Jalen Brunson in the offseason, give him a lot of money, which I don't think would be a bad move. Like he's a, a very good player, but I don't know if he's going to take the Knicks to ultimately where they want to go. I just don't know what the Knicks plan is. So the Knicks 
uh, the team that stood out to me as a loser. Yeah, the Knicks, Jack, don't have a plan. Like, that, it was fun watching, like, Costos and all these Knicks fans melt down last night. Stephen A. Smith, like, say what you want. It's good content to watch Stephen A. and Knicks fans melt down completely. And I would also point out, like, chasing Jalen Brunson for a billion dollars, I hope they do it in the East because that's a failing move. If you're going to invest your future in Jalen Brunson, he's a nice player, but he's not someone you go rushing around for, uh, at least for me, as I'm building my team. Yeah, it's it's going to cost what like thirty million dollars, uh, yeah, yes. like a minimum to to do that. Um, and like to, to they had to give up a first round pick and Kemba to get off Kemba. Like he was making eight million dollars. Like like you have to give up a pick to get off. Like why why I I would have just kept him, but whatever. I don't know. The, the, the next thing, it's so funny because they they won the, the one game against the Hawks. Uh, a couple of years ago, and the the videos after with the people outside the garden, like Katie, can't believe you left the Knicks, and it's just <laughs> and everything since that video has just been a disaster. I mean, can we, Mutt, yeah. At what point are we going to stop letting teams hire NBA agents to to run franchises? Or Brody Van Wagenen. Like, why do people, why do teams do this? It's the dumbest thing ever. The guy talks like twice a year. Um, Casos last night, uh, I, I love Nick Casos. I think, I think, I think he's hilarious. Awesome. Um, yeah. Him melting down about the Knicks and New York sports is one of my favorite things to observe from afar. Um, and Stephen A, people think it's an act, it, it's probably an act. I don't care. I'm a sucker. It's entertaining, for it. though. Who cares? It's, it's entertainment. He's not there to be some sports expert. He's there to entertain us. And he does that when he melts down on the Knicks or he dances on the Cowboys' grave. Like those, it's yep. funny when he does it. That's what I want. Yep. So it was interesting last night. You know, I, I agree with Zach. Um, I thought the Spurs had a really good draft. Can I, quick, quick, Spurs like thought, real, quick Spurs thing. The Spurs got a little bit of Patriots on them, where everything that, no matter who the Patriots take early, it's a good value pick, great pick. Same sort of thing with the Spurs. The three players that might work out, but they're living a little bit on reputation and organization. So I think a little too much credit sometimes because they're the Spurs and the Patriots are the Patriots. But go ahead. I apologize. Well, I guess the difference there is that they've shown a better uh, ability to draft in the first round where I'm not sure the Patriots have shown that under Bill Belichick. You know, I think that's the slight difference there. Um, you know, <laughs> he's done a good job, you know, finding talent all around the draft, but first round has not been his strength. Um, I just, I can't believe Chet Holmgren went top three or top five. Like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I think, I think he can move a little bit, but it's, it's just nauseating seeing the Giannis comparisons last night. And, and, and I think, I think that the thunder took him cause it's like, wow, well, he's basically KD. It's like, well, he's not it's like, he's, he's a big, I, I get it. He doesn't move very well. He, he has, he's wearing two dice on his neck last night as a chain because he likes to, to bet on himself, which which is a lot. Um, and I just I, I can't believe he went. I can't believe he went ahead of Jabari Smith. Like I think Jabari Smith. If I was doing Rookie of the Year odds, I would be all in on on Jabari Smith. Like I, I think I think he's got the best chance to be the best pro in this class. I know Paolo went number one, but to me, it seems like everyone's tr trying to compare him to Tatum. Oh, they both went to Duke. They both these small forwards. It's like it's like we just forget Jabari Parker was also at Duke and could kind of do the same kind of things. Um so I think yeah. he's like a, a tier below Tatum and a tier above Jabari Parker, but I don't think he's like a slam dunk awesome NBA player. I think he could be good, like a Paul Pierce-ish good. Um but I just think I think the Rockets got the best player in the draft at number 3.
Yeah, I, I think Jaden Ivey falling to the Pistons at five. Uh, again, as someone who's not an expert, every time I watch Jaden Ivey play, I said that that's going to be a 20, you know, 15-year guard in the NBA. And so uh, what the Pistons did and what did get him, I'd be interested potentially in his rookie of the year odds. And the Pistons now all of a sudden, at least mo- way more interesting than they were with uh, the two the moves they made last night with Cade Cunningham, with some salary cap space. Like all of a sudden the Pistons, uh, I don't think they're testing the top of the East this year, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. They were a fun team to watch last year. Sadiq Bey, another young guy, uh, they stole in the draft. Yeah. As and, far- and, and, well, and apparently they're going to go after DeAndre Ayton too. So if you yeah. go... Aiton, Cunningham, Ivy, Sadiq Bay is like your 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 kind of core. I mean, that's the that's that's the makings of of something. I still don't know really what Cade Cunningham's going to be long term. You know, I think he's going to be a good player, but I, I I don't know. Um, and Ivy's Ivy's interesting. He's a chance to be the best player in the draft. The best thing that happened to Jaden Ivy last night was that he went or right after the Kings pick. Which <laughs> going, going through recent memory has been a, a good thing to go after. So that's probably the, the, the strongest thing going for, for Jaden Ivey. Uh, how about NBA futures now, Fritz, when you look ahead? Because and this, and this is a little up in the air. Like, obviously, the other news yesterday besides the draft was that, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant might be on their way out. I believe it. It sounds like you think it's all just to get uh, better deals or a better setup in Brooklyn. But with those guys potentially on the move, the market is sort of in flux. The Celtics are the favorite to win the Eastern Conference at plus 265. Uh, they're the second choice to win the NBA title at 6-1. to one. Do not bet the Celtics, folks. Do not spend a nickel of your money on the Celtics. Things went their way this year. Guys got hurt. They got a great run out at the end. I think it's very unlikely, especially at 6-1, to one, that they're worth investing in for next year. I actually think the Lakers aren't the craziest bet at 16-1 to one right now because they're going to they're gonna rebuild the thing, whether it's Kyrie or somebody else. LeBron's going to move those pieces around. Uh, any early NBA futures uh, now that we're through the draft and a week away from free agency? Well, I think I, I think the whole Kyrie KD thing, it seems like that Kyrie's kind of putting the pressure like, listen, okay, well, if you want me to go, then KD's leaving too, and then your whole franchise is screwed. So he might as well just pay me whatever it takes now. And and if you don't want to lose KD, that's the best thing if you want to stay relevant. So that's that's kind of like the way I, I view it. I mean, unless they want to be stuck with Ben Simmons being their best player, um, <laughs> I think they should probably just pay Kyrie. <laughs> um, so it, it's going to be interesting. Like I I don't like the Celtics. I think if I was, I feel like there's always going to be a bit of a devalue um, in the in the Bucks for some reason. You know, yeah. I think last year they they easily could have made the. Uh, the finals had Chris Milton yep. not gotten hurt. Totally I think agree. they're a good team, totally and I think I think they're totally going to continue to roll here as long as as long as Giannis and Chris Milton are still there. Um, so I, I think the Bucks, like the Celtics, should not be the favorite in the East. I think that's a, totally a, agree. A complete it's, it's, overreaction. A, it's a really bad bet right now. I, I would bet the Bucks to win the East, and I think they're the most likely team. How about your Sixers? Any shot, fifteen to one? No. <laughs> Honestly, you'd be letting your money on fire. You like it's <laughs> it's it's not even worth broaching the subject. Uh, I'm looking forward to this offseason. Free agency is going to start here in a week. There'll be a lot to talk about as it relates to the NBA. Uh, Jack's saying no on his 76ers. I'm saying absolutely not uh, on the Celtics. And he rolled his eyes yep. completely when I mentioned the Lakers. You see, wait till the Lakers rebuild here and they build LeBron for one more run. They're going to be frisky out west. That's a team to watch for, the LA Lakers. Uh, meanwhile, yep. coming up later on in the show, we got a Fritz list on all things Tibetan baseball. Uh, but coming up next, dissecting the divisions, maybe the most interesting division in the NFC, it's the NFC West. Defending chance Rams, can they repeat? We'll talk about it coming up. It's BetQL Weekend on the BetQL Network. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Mutt and Fritz with you on the BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network, Twitch.tv, at BetQL. A full weekend worth of sports, maybe a whole offseason worth of sports, packed into an hour here. We'll get to some baseball stuff and some betting issues coming up uh, in our third segment of the show here today. Uh, we are 11 weeks away, Fritz, from the NFL season really getting underway. We're 11, week, 11 weekends away for being able to sit in front of our TV with Scott Hansen and bet and watch football uh, for eight hours on a Sunday. So until we get there, to get you ready, we're dissecting divisions. Uh, NFC West here on this edition of BetQL Weekend with the defending champs, the LA Rams, baby, a plus 130 to win their division. Their over-under is 10.5. To make the playoffs, they're minus 270. They're 5-1, to one, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. 11, oh, sorry, by the one to win the divi- uh, conference, NFC. 11-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they had some moves there. Odell Beckham out. Allen Robinson in. Uh, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup are locked up. Let's start with the favorite in the N- NFC West. It's the Rams. Can they repeat your thoughts on their opportunities here this year, Fritz? Man, it, it's so interesting. I'll get to the Rams and everything. It's just so funny when you look at the the AFC or the NFC West because they all have the classic things that that you and I in sports radio would do, where it's like, all right, the Rams have the hangover effects from winning the Super Bowl. Yep. Like one of these surprise teams is gonna is gonna jump up and take the NFC West. But then you look at the other teams. The, the, the Niners don't know who their quarterback's gonna be. <laughs> Debo Samuel might not be there. So it's like, oh well, they have a bunch of stuff going on. How can they focus? And then you have the the Cardinals, who they have the Kyler extension. You have DeAndre Hopkins is out. Like they they, uh, they just look like a team that's kind of in flux too. So it's interesting because I would love to start and try to find someone else to win the NFC West. But I don't know how you trust any of these teams, even the Rams. Like, I think the Rams are are kind of an institution, and I think that they have just figured out, like, <laughs> they've just figured out how to win consistently in the NFL now, and I, it's hard to yeah. really worry about a Super Bowl hangover. They're spending money. They're, they, they've done this thing where it's like, we don't need draft picks. We're just going to spend money. Like, it's – I'm sure you guys get it uh, in WIP, these people that call in and talk about the salary cap in the NFL – and I'm done talking about it. I'm going to point to the Rams and say, there is no salary cap. If they can sign all these guys to big money deals and they can figure it out, then the cap doesn't mean anything. That's how they've worked the, the system. They do a great job at getting star players and keeping them there. Good for the Rams. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I mostly agree with you, but they did have to let Von Miller go. Like they've had to let, let some kind of talent go, but they've just been so insanely good. But they've been so insanely good at like finding third through sixth round picks that can actually help them so they can just... Yeah pay all these guys you know what whatever it takes so um the thing is like mcveigh seems like he's definitely enjoyed this super bowl run he was flirting <laughs> he, he was flirting with leaving and and retiring and and doing uh, uh nbc or whatever so that was off aaron donald's thinking about retiring stafford's doing at&t commercials talking about the lions days like i don't know i would usually love to bet against them but mud like who do you who would you feel comfortable putting money on? You know, because like nobody they, they all have their own questions. So I would love to say Rams Super Bowl hangover, but I think they're gonna win the NFC West. And I I, I just I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up and they're in the Super Bowl in, in eight months. Yeah, I think I think five, six to one is a fair price to come out of the conference, even. Like we talked about the NFC and there are some good teams, but uh I don't think there's a Bills or, or Chiefs even uh in no. the NFC this year. I think the Rams could get there, especially because of their division. Because as you said, I I don't know where I would turn next. From an odd standpoint, after the Rams, 
Like the 49ers are two to one to win the division. Every report says they're trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Every report says Trey Lance is the guy. But there's nothing, nothing that says he's ready to take over that team and ready to go and help them win enough games to beat the Rams in that division. I want to like Trey Lance because Kyle Shanahan seems to do a good job at stiffing out quarterbacks. But you talked about it. Debo Samuel's got a contract issue there. They didn't do a whole lot here in the offseason. The big offseason was like, let's figure out what Jimmy Garoppolo will hand the team to Trey Lance. And at 2-1, to one, to be a better team than the Rams? No shot. You're basically betting 2-1 to one on Trey Lance being good. Is he ready to go in, in year two, given the, uh, the uh, murmurings out of camp last year? At the end of the year, he wasn't progressing? Like, at that price, Jack, I have no interest in the 49ers at 2-1. to one. None. Well, and don't you think that if – Trey Lance was truly a super difference maker. You would hear about it. I mean, yes, great. You, great point. You and I remember the legendary stories of Mahomes at the end of those at the, in his first year or whatever. The, the players would be like talking about how insane he looks at practice and how when yeah. he takes over, they're going to take off. You haven't heard any of that with Trey Lance. I mean, no. like for example, like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had no time to prepare. Uh, for the for his yeah. first NFL start, Tyrod Taylor was supposed to start, and he got hurt, or the 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 doctor did something, or whatever, and 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 Justin Herbert has to start out of nowhere, and he turns out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, like from 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 day one. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow stepped in day one, difference maker. Like it doesn't take a while for you to learn if if you have the guy or not. And if you have to convince yourself you have the guy, then you probably don't have the guy, especially when you're drafting him in the top three. So I just think if you're the Niners, and I, I know it hurts, and I know that you uh, invested a ton of draft capital to go up and get Trey Lance, but why don't you just trade him, get some of the assets back because he still has value and teams will believe in him. If Kyle Shanahan can't turn you into a really good quarterback, then no, then like very few coaches, I believe, will be able to get the most out of him anyway. And J Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever you want to say, I think he's a limited quarterback. I get it. Yep. But the guy is taking you to two NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl. Like whether you want to admit it or not, you can win with them. So it's just, it's so baffling to me. And honestly, like they need to have a take. It's <laughs> like seriously, it need like. Old school sp sports radio. You yeah. got to have a take on the quarterback because you can't go into the season having two quarterbacks because then you don't have one quarterback, Mutt. I mean, yeah, that, that is. I've heard just, that. I've heard that. I, you have two goalies, you, you have none. Yes, that one too. Yeah. How many cliches <laughs> can we work into one segment? But but it's like, it's just insane. And and the Debo thing, that seems off. Um, I think the Niners are good value because I believe in their system. I believe in Shanahan. I believe in the talent they have. But I just think it's dumb the the whole thing that they're doing with the quarterback. If you want to just if you want to just play Trey Lance, then just play Trey Lance and live with the growing pains. But you got to have a take. You can't just keep this going on where it's like, well, maybe we'll bring back Jimmy G or whatever. It's like, no, you just choose one, commit to it, and you'll be better off. Yeah, unless I heard the buzz that you talked about in the next month or so as teams get back for July and you know, not just OTAs but camp, and it's like, oh, he okay, he's emerged here. You call them good value. To me, two to one to win the division, I couldn't do it. I'd probably be on their under win total at nine and a half unless I heard, yep, Trey Lance is legit. He's the guy they're committed to him. If they're wishy-washy and they hang on to Garoppolo and don't trade him in the next month, that's a sign they don't believe in Trey Lance. And they got the two yeah. guys going back and forth. Like that, to me, is the death scenario where Shanahan's bouncing back and forth. Well, Jimmy's going to start, but here comes Trey Lance. That's not going to work uh, for that team in San Francisco. So I I'm with you. I don't love them. 
But then the Cardinals, you get to the Cardinals, you have the Kyler contract stuff. You mentioned Hopkins. They lost Chandler Jones on the defensive front there. Christian Kirk got paid an insane amount of money. He left. They trade for Hollywood Brown. We'll see if he ends up panning out there in Arizona. And then on top of it, you have a coach in Cliff Kingsbury. I think Shanahan is smart. I think Cliff Kingsbury gets credit for being smart. I'm not sure he's smart. I watched that offense last year. That wasn't any great shakes. Like, is he going to take this group that lost a bunch of offensive talent and to start the year is going to be undermanned in that receiving core? Like, that group now is going to go forward and take some big step with Kyler still complaining about his contract. What if he's going to deal? Because of the year, he doesn't have a contract. Like, I, a three to one on the Cardinals to win the division, same sort of boat. Like, what do you bank on? If I had to pick one, I guess the system of the 49ers would be the better bet. But do you have any faith that Arizona is not going to have some fall back down to earth? Remember their playoff game on Monday night, that wildcard game? They stunk in that game, Fritz. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like betting the Cardinals win the NFC West would be like lighting your money on fire, like betting on our <laughs> basketball teams to, to, to win the NBA Finals last year. I really do. Like, somehow Kyler Murray played such a bad playoff game that it was worse than Jalen Hurts's, and Jalen Hurts's was ooh, one of the, the was one of the worst quarterback performances I've ever seen. I mean, they were down thirty-one nothing at halftime. Anyway, um, it's I don't under I don't see any way that they pull pull this whole thing together. You know, in order for a team with all the stuff that's going on right now uh, that they have there, it, it takes great leadership and and great head coach. And yeah. I just don't think that's Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's fine like maybe as an offensive coordinator you know it's just every year they they falter down the stretch and i think kyler is going to be you know i i don't think he's going to be as locked in if he doesn't have that contract i think they should give him the contract i think it's stupid i i think in this day and age you have to pay quarterbacks kind of what they deserve because what's your other option like what is the cardinals plan if they don't pay pay Kyler Murray like and they've already been through this for it's like they drafted Josh Rosen realized right away he stinks had to go right back in and get a quarterback so i, yeah. I it's they're they're in a weird spot and i i don't i don't trust them i, I want to the last version we have of them is Kyler Murray having this embarrassing performance now they don't want to pay him now Hopkins is out now they lost Chandler Jones like i to me, they're a fade, and maybe even yeah. more fade than the 49ers would be in the well, NFC, NFC West. And I think they were one in six last year in, in games where DeAndre Hopkins didn't start. Um, so that's a obviously a bad sign. Kyler not getting the contract. I, I, like the Hollywood Brown, they gave the 23rd pick in the draft for him. I mean, yeah. what is, I mean, you, you hope that he, he goes from Lamar Jackson to Kyler Murray and a more pass happy offense. And you, you see more, but like the fact that AJ Brown went for the 18th pick and, and, and Hollywood Brown went for the 23rd pick is, is ridiculous to me. Um, yeah, you know, well, and, and like AJ Green had a good bounce back here last year. He's a fine player. James Connor is a fine player. Zach Ertz is a fine, like they have, they have weapons, uh, but who on off, who on defense really scares you? You know I mean? Like JJ Watt will be healthy again, which is fine. It, a lot of moving parts down there. And I don't think Kingsbury is the kind of guy that can keep that thing together. I know for a fact about six weeks ago on this show, you gave out a bet for the first week of the NFL season. I believe you gave out Broncos over Seahawks week one. Do I have that right? Uh, Do you already give that out for the people? That's honestly, as when I deposit again, I, I, I might need to reinvest. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah, there's there's legitimate Super Bowl buzz in Denver. Do you think that Russell Wilson's going to go back and lose or or not blow that team out with who's playing quarterback? 
Is it, uh, is right it now, Drew Geno Smith. I believe uh, Geno Smith, right? We heard. I think we heard Pete Carroll say Geno Smith is beating Drew Lockout, at least currently, in the OTAs. And this, well, by far, is my, my favorite bet in the division. I know it's a low total. I'm betting the under five and a half wins. I, I, I don't think this team is trying to win this year. I think they know it's a reset year. I think starting Drew Locke uh, and uh, uh, Geno Smith as quarterbacks is telling the world we're trying to tank this year. Uh, they'll try to get one of the better quarterbacks in the draft and reset from there. But when they decide to move on from Russell Wilson, they said no thanks. The 12s are not going to be showing up in droves. Like they might ask you to show up and do that 12 flag at some point because they're going to be an embarrassment this year. It's low-hanging fruit, but they're not winning five, six games this year. I'm betting under five and a half. And they had the look of a team tanking and giving the ball to, you know, Richard Penny and company over and over and over again. And Pete Carroll will be fine winning five games and getting a quarterback next year. Yeah, and it's interesting that you brought that up because there's been recent rumors of, of them being interested in, in the Baker Mayfield market. And it's like, if you're the Seahawks, no, why? No, like, just no, just, no. just accept that you're going to have a down year and try to get a quarterback in the draft. Don't make any – this is going to sound a little ridiculous, but, like, don't make any moves to try to win games next year. Like, what, what is like, – seriously, <laughs> what, like, what is the point? Like, you get Baker Mayfield and, and you win six games and take yourself – further away from possibly getting CJ Stroud or Bryce young. Like that's stupid. And I don't know. It seems like Pete Carroll is kind of really interested in seeing if he can build a team around running the football and playing good defense Great. again, just to prove Super that it good. was do it. I can't, can't wait. It'll fail. It's 2022. It is not 1987. It's not going to work. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it has dumpster fire written all over. I think John Schneider is like one of the most overrated GMs in the sport that's been lucky off of the Legion of boom for, for like 10 years. Um, like what has he done to rebuild that defense since that point? Like he had, he got lucky in the draft for a couple of years and then completely fell off. So the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, between Pete Carroll saying that Drew Locke would have been the first quarterback taken in this draft and, <laughs> um, and like Geno Smith beating out the, that quarterback. Seems like a, a problem in, in Seattle. And it, I, honestly, there's nothing more overrated in sports than the 12th man that they oh, have up there. It's totally only agree. loud. It's totally only agree. loud because of how the stadium is built. Like, get over it. It's interesting because uh, Zach's pointing in our chat here that, you know, what if Pete Carroll loses, he'll get fired. Like, no, I think they go into it. They, they know Pete. They're going to be okay with Pete openly running the football 35 times because the, the only way they get back is getting a franchise quarterback. I mean, again, yeah. Sports Radio 101, you either have a quarterback or you don't, and they're going to have to go get one through the draft next year. And I wouldn't pretend to have looked at the, the quarterbacks. They can't be worse uh, this year in the draft than they were a year ago. So to me, it's like a handshake deal. It's like the Patriots of Belichick. Okay, Cam Newton for a year, Bill, then go get us a quarterback. And a fire if you win get seven games. If they win five games this year, four games this year, Pete Carroll's not going to get fired. They, have a, they know what they're trying to do. Not the by the way, not the dumbest idea either. Reset your team, free some salary cap space, and go back after next year. Yeah, and honestly, if you want to fire Pete Carroll, that's fine too. He's not he's not going to turn around and turn into some great NFL coach again. He's a he's a defensive minded head coach. You would think that if you are going to draft a quarterback in next year's draft, you want a more offensive mind with him. But who am I to say I'm just a guy? on a weekend betting show with my pal, Mike Mendansky. Who has no money in his account to bet, even on that Wait. bet he wants to make for week one. Uh, we, so we're on the Rams, we're on the chalk, and we're against the Seahawks. There you go. Yes. Uh, coming up, we're getting some baseball news, the Fritz List with Jack Fritz, and we will get to uh, True Life. I live in a state with no legal sports betting. That's next, Beck UL Weekend.
Welcome back to BetQL Weekend with Mike Menansky and Jack Fritz on the BetQL Network. Home stretch here, BetQL Weekend, BetQL Network. You follow Jack on Twitter, Jack Fritz WIP. I'm at Mutt M-U-T. Uh, W-E-E-I, and uh, yeah, we're a couple games away, uh, potentially. Hell, what you're listening to right now, the Stanley Cup Finals might be over. The Avalanche might be Stanley Cup champs. We'll see what happens. But at most, we have three NHL games left. The NBA is over. NFL is still a month away, 11 weeks out from actually betting on these games. It's baseball betting season, Fritz, and that's good for the people out there in BetQL Nation because you and I both spent a lot of time uh, talking about baseball in both Boston and Philadelphia I know you've got some ideas uh, for people as they get into the baseball betting season. Uh, I want to tell people as far as the Red Sox go. (laughs) The Red Sox are back in the playoff mix, okay? But the next 36 games, 33 of the next 36 are against playoff teams. The only one that's not is a three-game set in Wrigley. Do not go printing your Red Sox playoff tickets yet. I had a co-host of mine in Boston say they're a legit World Series contender uh, by going to trade for Daniel Barter or closer. They're not there yet. So tread... Tread lightly here with the Red Sox. They play the A's, the Angels, the Mariners, the A's, and the Tigers to go 16-4 and basically in the last 20 games. They built their record on bad teams. They're about to hit the gauntlet between now and August 3rd. I would tread lightly on the Red Sox until you see them compete against some of these better teams. That's my advice on the Boston teams. You've got Phillies advice. You've got baseball advice. You like making lists, Jack Fritz. (laughs) What do you have for the people on this weekend? Well, the first thing is that I agree with you on the Red Sox. I would, uh, like, the fact Tread that Nick, like, yeah, like they, they break. I mean, they're, they're going to hit that. That's not going to be the problem. But then who is their starting staff? Nick Pavetta, who is uh, my guy, officially my guy, Nick Pavetta. Pretty good. And, Borderline all-star. Borderline all-star. Well, I've been having I've been having my own victory tour down here in Philadelphia uh, for I was dead right about Nick Pavetta. So please apologize to me uh, for all the hate tweets that I got during his time here. <laughs> and Mutt being the bad friend that he is uh, reminds me a couple of times a week about Heath Hembry and Brandon Workman for Pavetta and Seabold. So fair deal. He, fair deal. Honestly, Becky, I was lucky we we're even talking to each other, but uh, <laughs> um, I have a Fritz list for you. As you, as everyone knows, that listens to this show. Um, I'm addicted to making lists. I love lists. I think they're fun. People react to them. So what I have for you today, Mud, and everyone out there listening, is things to know about baseball now that it's the only sport that you can consistently bet on. (laughs) Every single single night we can bet on it. It's all reliable. It's going to be there for us. And here are some things that I need you to know if you're going to get into baseball betting. The first thing is, number five, is that the O's and Pirates are officially frisky. And have value. If you want to bet underdogs, obviously we know the worst teams in the sport still win 60-plus times a year. They're, they're going to win sometimes. And they have entered into fun-to-watch and frisky category. Yes, O'Neill Cruz like, hits the ball 160 miles an hour, is a six foot seven shortstop that throws it 97 miles an hour across the diamond. Uh, he, I think he's going to revolutionize the short, shortstop position. Like, There's been a... <laughs> A whole thing about shortstops, about how they got to be like the smaller, smaller shortstops, whatever. This dude is is huge. Um, but they got a bunch of frisky players. Like Ronis Contreras is an interesting pitcher. Um, you know, I think Brian Reynolds is going to start to heat up. And then the O's, Adley Rutschman, if you haven't been paying attention, oh, yeah. is it, starting to actually drive the ball. He's got like a 900 plus OPS. And he is a, he reminds me a ton of when Buster Posey went and took over the Giants. 
And I think he's that kind of culture changer. Um, the O's are frisky. They've played hard all year. At one point, the Phils and, and O's had similar records, and I was very concerned. But the Phils got hot, so we don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, so the O's and frisky. O's and Pirates are officially frisky and valuable. My fourth uh, thing to know is that Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in the NL. Um, and if you haven't paid attention to him, he throws 98 miles an hour with a 92-mile-an-hour uh, changeup and has gone seven-plus innings in nine straight starts, Mutt. So that Pretty is good. value. Uh, he's gone eight-plus, I believe, in his last five. So he's one of those these starters that's an old-school throwback horse that you can just, you know, uh, uh, rely upon if you want to put him in a, in a bet. And the Marlins won't hit very well, but in Sandy Alcantara starts, you're going to have a chance to win. So strikeout props in Sandy Alcantara. All right, that's two, two. Uh, and I'm with you on the Orioles, having watched them up close. I yep. thought they were going to stink out loud. I thought they were one of the worst teams in baseball. Turns out they are not uh, scheduled wins for the Red Sox, and they did not play well against the Orioles to start the year. So I'm with you on Baltimore. What's number three on the Fritz list as we get ready to bet baseball for the next six weeks? That's right. Uh, get your Jordan Alvarez MVP bets in. I know Aaron Judge is is incredible, and there's got a lot of narrative stuff behind no, him. Stop, 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 stop. You're not – you're going to go against Aaron Judge in the American he's, League? I'm saying he's probably going to win, but Jordan Alvarez is starting to turn into the player that a lot of us have dreamed about for the last couple of years, where it's high average, driving the ball to the ballpark, he, I think he has eight homers in, in June. Um, and it's not even just about Jordan Alvarez. I think people thought when the Astros moved on from Correa that they would have this like down year. They've lost town in the last couple of years. I think they're going to win the AL again. You know, I, 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 the Yankees have been ridiculous. I totally get that. Seems like a team of destiny. But the favorite doesn't always win. So I think the Astros are the second best team in the AL. The last couple of years, they have had the Yankees number. Last night, the Yankees got them. Uh, the Yankees are going to have these a show me series last year against the Rays this series against the Astros where they're kind of uh putting those teams in the in, in the past but I think the Astros are are really good Justin Verlander is back to being Cy Young form Framber Valdez has been a really good starter for them Luis Garcia I've always loved um and they still rake like they still hit and Jerry Pena is is I think well I take that back Julio Rodriguez is the best uh AL rookie yeah. but I'll put Jerry Pena number two I will also say that you have the wrong long shot choice to win the MVP in the American League. Rafael Devers is the guy you there want to bet on. And should be, he's got a legit shot. He Look at his war numbers. Look at where he fits in the American League. A couple a week ago at this time, he was third behind only Judge and Jose Ramirez. And you get those two guys this weekend, Guardians, Red Sox, Devers, and Ramirez. I think Judge is going to win it unless he gets hurt. But I would yep. be betting Devers over Jordan Alvarez for the MVP. Number two. Yeah. But but either way, like I I think there's uh, like I think the Astros are the second best team in the AL, and if we don't want to do the whole Yankees run away with it and, and hide and win the World Series because they have come up makes sense have come up short the last couple of years. So uh, the Astros don't believe the whole Correa is gone; they're not very good anymore. The Astros are just as good as they've always been. Number two, number two is we just talked about the Yankees. I know that their whole moniker has been the Bronx Bombers. But this team is built on pitching and defense. So if you want to look for good value, take the opposing team's unders when they're facing the Yankees because 
what they do. Like we're watching basically the nineties Braves rotation when it comes to these pitchers right now, everyone's ERA is at like three or below. Like they are, they're pitching at an insanely high level and their defense, which is something the last couple of years they've cared about. It's just, they've invested really heavily uh, in it. Connor Falefa at shortstop Donaldson at third base, Glaber at second and, and Rizzo at first best infield defense in baseball. Um, they're not the Bronx bombers. They're the Bronx pitchers and defense. <laughs> So we're going unders against the Yankees. That makes yep. sense uh, as they cruise towards the you know, 50 wins here. It's before insane. the end of June. Just unbelievable. Running away. I mean, the Red Sox at one point won 12 of 14 and lost half a game in the standings. That's how good the Yankees have been in the AL East. What is number one on the Fritz list? This, that's a good four. How do you top that with number one? Number one is that just don't even think about it. Just close your eyes and wake up in October because the Mets are obviously running away with the, with the NL pennant. Don't even think about it. Go to bed. Lay your head down on the pillow. Give the, the Steph Curry celebration. Night, night. Mets running away with the, the NL East. In all seriousness, um, I would bet the Braves to win the NL East right now. Like, they have gone on a run. Matt Olson looks like he's finally figured out, you know, kind of living in the shadow of, of Freddie Freeman. Um, Acuna is obviously amazing. They're pitching well. The, the Braves have been on a ridiculous tear right now. And much like your Red Sox, my Phils, like go on a run and they lost ground in the standings. That's unbelievable. And I know you're doing that just to bring out the Mets just for Zach and all the Mets fans out there. The reverse jinx play. It's so obvious. It's so see-through. Uh, I know that's fair. You know, the Mets fans, I support Zach, our producer. I support the Mets fans out there. So I disavow the number one there on your list. It's interesting you brought the, the unders against the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox in three games this week gave up runs in the ninth inning for the game to go over. Their ninth inning ERA is over five right now, one of the worst in baseball. So that might be something to look at as their bullpen now faces in the next 36 games, 33 playoff games, basically, um, overs in Red Sox games, even with their good starting pitching. Even Chris Sale comes back, Avaldi's on the IL right now. But I could see overs against the Red Sox being interesting, too, because they give up a bunch of runs and their bullpen uh, stinks and their closer can't go to Toronto next week because of the COVID rules there uh, in Toronto. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you live in a state there in Pennsylvania. Legal sports betting is flourishing. Like how, how many different account, how many different uh, sites do you have like on your phone? Is it nine, ten different places you can bet in Pennsylvania right now? Uh, five is, is, oh. is what I believe I have right now. Um, and it seems like it's going up by the day. It feels like every day there's a new like sports betting thing coming out of nowhere. And it's so funny now, like they, they just started doing this recently, but, uh, on our broadcasts here, it's like, oh, this is the live odds on the Phillies right now. And it's yeah, like, wow, just, we've absolutely. really, we, we, we've done it. So I'm jealous of you. Uh, yep. I'm jealous of Zach. You guys live in states where sports betting is legal. I'm here based in Massachusetts. And so we still don't have legal sports betting. So I was texting with you today and you wanted me to tell the people about the, my, the pain I'm going through right now. So yep. I, to bet legally, I could bet illegally wherever I want. But to bet legally here, I have to go to the state of New Hampshire, which is like a 12-minute drive north. My wife's a teacher. And so during the school year, this was not an issue, Fritz, for me. Um, the kids get on the bus. Daddy gets a coffee, goes for a ride, comes home, gets his bets in for the day for baseball. That's no problem. Now that school is out, I'm getting some looks. I'm getting some looks at home. My wife is a teacher has been home. And I keep telling her I'm, I'm going to New Hampshire. And now by Thursday of this week, first full week of summer vacation, 
she's caught on. And so now I have a wife who's rolling her eyes because dad gets in the car to go and play his baseball bets he's going to be talking about on the air that night. And so my life right now is avoiding angry looks from my wife as I bet legally in a different state because you can't bet legally in Massachusetts. That's what I'm dealing with right now. It truly is a hard mutt life. It sure is. It's a hard that sounds life. hilarious. I mean, I, I don't. I feel for you, but as an outsider, I also think it's hilarious. <laughs> you know, she, she's like, "Wow, this is what I've signed up for." He's she driving. thought it was just weekends because she'd see me do it on Saturdays and Sundays. Yep. I think she thought it was just weekends. She didn't realize it's a seven day a week thing. Well, I do respect her commitment to the grind. You know that that that's something I, I can definitely get behind. <laughs> All right. We hope we live in a state where legal uh, sports betting is legal and hopefully someday here in the great state of Massachusetts. Fritz, have a great week, buddy. Thank you guys for checking us out. Jack Fritz, WIP, Mutt, WEEI. Have a great weekend. Hope your bets get home. We'll talk to you next week.